You're listening to. Whoa! The Books on Boba, a book club and podcast featuring books written by Asian and Asian American authors. We also bring you the latest in book news, new releases, and interviews. Uh, my name is Marvin Yue, and I'm Rira Yu. And uh, yeah, how's it going? Um, well, I just finished The Leavers by Lisa Ko, and it was amazing. It's nice. unbelievably good, and I'm excited because she's coming to Pasadena tomorrow. And awesome! I hope I can ask her some questions in person. Yeah, we should try definitely try to get her on the pod too to talk about to talk about her book. Um, there is a when as we're recording this, there is a Moringu uh, book signing and Q and A at Romans in Pasadena um, about her book. Um, I believe in a thing called love. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Which is um, which is the the K drama book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. About uh. About a girl who tries to follow the rules of K drama romance and failing epically. I heard it's a very funny book. So awesome! Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been working on through a. Um, I re- I received a advanced um, review copy of War Cross, uh, which is Marie Lu's new book that's coming out later this year. So um, I'm gonna work my way through it. Hopefully, pass it on to Rira, and then maybe we can quite chat about our thoughts in, in a future episode. But Man, I'm doing reading outside of our yeah, monthly I'm, book. Yeah, I am impressed that it's... you're reading more than one book right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully uh, we'll find some more books to read uh, through our new releases. Um, in this episode, we're going to talk about the news and new releases of the month of June. Reader has been hard at work uh, pulling <laughs> all the news and new releases. Um, she also don't, don't say all because I'm sure I missed some. <laughs> And yeah, thanks to everyone who uh, caught the ones that we missed last month and let us know via uh, Twitter and social media. Uh, we appreciate it. And we're going to highlight the ones that we missed last month. Um, May is just a big month. May I mean, was it's, a it's big month. May was our, our, our month. You know, all the Asian books came out that month. Yeah. I, and missed, I missed a couple of big. Yeah. <laughs> you missed I was, a Murakami. I That's was pretty so big. <laughs> ashamed of myself. I was like, how can I miss a Murakami book? It's all right. It's all good, but thank you so much for um, for engaging with us and letting us know. Um, and it's great to always, always get feedback from you guys as well. So um, keep um, tabs on us, I guess. Reba does run a lot of our social media on Facebook and Twitter. So um, um, make sure to give her props for keeping uh, keeping all of us updated on. I don't think I've been as in touch with the Asian American literary scene before like following our Twitter feed. That's the goal. <laughs> but yeah, now we're into the month of June. Uh, the June Books and Boba book club pick of course is all of the above by iw gregorio no it's none of the above none of the above yeah it's none of the above by iw gregorio um you can get that book down on amazon also check out our um amazon store you can find the link in our show notes yeah we have a store now yeah if you want to um you know throw a couple cents our way when you buy when you buy books um, please use our store. As always, we're going to be talking about that book at the end of the month um, with our book club discussion podcast episode. And for you, those of you who can't make it to our book club but would like to contribute um, talking points, um, please send us your thoughts on our Goodreads forums. You can find the Books and Boba Goodreads group by going to goodreads.com and searching Books and Boba. 
And on that note, well, actually, before we get to the month of June, let's talk about the books we missed in yeah, the month of May. Yeah, a couple. Yeah. So at the top of our list for missed May releases, we have Rich People Problems by Kevin Kwan, published by Doubleday. And it's the third installment of the Crazy Rich Asian series. Um, it follows the shenanigans of the Shang Young clan and their fight to stake a claim on the matriarch's massive fortune. So yeah. this is the uh, finale of the Rich People, Rich Asians trilogy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened in the second book because I've only read the first book. Mm. But um, judging by what I know from the first book, I'm guessing that things escalate and mm. people do, um, I don't know, like soap opera-esque things. You know how, <laughs> like, you know how Asian families can get? We get overdramatic sometimes. I have the first book. I haven't started on it yet it's on my to read pile so maybe uh maybe uh well we're we're probably gonna read it for the book club like as the movie gets closer and as closer. the movie gets closer yeah so you're yeah, looking forward to that another book that came out last month that we uh, we didn't get to was <laughs> chemistry by wakey wang um published by Knopf, uh, a coming of age novel about a young chinese american scientist who must recalibrate her life when her academic career goes off track and this is a book that you're uh you're reading for your your other group right uh no, I'm actually subscribed to uh, Book of the Month. Uh, we are not sponsored by Book of the Month, <laughs> but uh, I use the subscription service as a way for me to get uh like whenever they have a book by an Asian author, usually I click on it. Nice. Just because I want to accumulate more books by Asian authors, and uh, this month was Chemistry, and I've heard great things about it. It's had like a lot of buzz since like last year, so. I'm pretty excited to read it. Yeah. And the Murakami book that I missed last month was Men Without Women. And again, that's by Haruki uh, Murakami, published by Knopf. And it's a collection of seven short stories that follows different middle-aged men who have lost a woman in their lives, either to other men or to death. Mm -hmm. so, um, I think this was published... Uh, like a year or two ago in Japan, and they finally got around to translating. It. Yeah, it takes a while for them to translate um, from Japanese books, right? Yeah, usually. Well, I I would rather have like a well, like a, a, tr a good translation rather than like something that was rushed and kind of haphazard. That's true. I have n I've actually never read a Murakami book, so I oh well, feel there's like a couple to... on our list. So, <laughs> um, Boundless by Julian Tamaki. Um, published by Drawn and Quarterly, also came out last month. Uh, Boundless is a collection of comics that explore the virtual and real world of contemporary women through both a fantastical and realistic lens. So Jillian Tamaki, um, she uh, was the illustrator for the graphic novel Skim, which was written by Mariko Tamaki, mm -hmm. and that's their cousins. And I would definitely recommend reading that for uh, this month because it's Pride Month and Skim features... Uh, uh, an Asian-American girl who happens to be lesbian. So okay. great book for this month if you guys want some extra reading. Um, and next on our list is How to Write Good by Ryan Higa. And it's published by Little Brown Books for Young Readers. Is this one of those? Because um, I know a lot of YouTubers are now writing books. Yes, it is. It is a book about... Uh, about like how Ryan Higa got into YouTube right. and like uh like t like career advice. It's like half how to and half memoir. 
Well, he is one of the biggest YouTubers in like the world, so that's probably yeah. probably interesting. Like it reached the Amazon bestsellers list within like an hour <laughs> or so. It was it was pretty amazing. Awesome. Is this is this is his first book too, right? It's his first book. Oh well, it's about time. Uh, finally, our last missed book is um, Noteworthy by Riley Redgate, uh, published by Amulet Books, a, temp- a contemporary YA novel about a Chinese American performing arts student who lives a double life as a theater girl and a cross-dressing acapella boy. Oh. So think Pitch Perfect with gender bender. Mulan Pitch Perfect. M- Mulan Pitch Perfect? Okay. I dig pitch it. Pitch Perfect with Mulan. Well, yeah. I heard that the protagonist is uh, bisexual, so that's okay. another great book for this month. Yeah. Um, and those were the books that uh, we didn't get to last month um, that came out last month. So if any of those sound interesting to you guys, um, please check it out. Um, I think we're going to try to add these books also to our our bookstore as well. Yep. So if you want to grab these books through the Books and Bulba Amazon bookstore and throw us a few cents per purchase, um, that would be super appreciated. Um, again, the link will be in the show notes. I should set up a bit.ly too. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And with those out of the way, now we're going to talk about the actual new releases of the month of June. Uh, so these are books that are scheduled to come out or have already come out for the month of June. Again, if we miss anything, uh, please let us know on the Goodreads forums or um, via Twitter. And we'll make sure to uh, make a note next month or in a future episode this, this month. All right, let's get to it. So first on our list is Dear Cyborg by Eugene Lim. It released on June 6th, and it was published by FSG Originals. And the plot goes, In a small Midwestern town, two Asian-American boys bond over their outcast status and a mutual love of comic books. Meanwhile, in an alternative or perhaps future universe, a team of superheroes ponders modern society during their time off. Between black op missions and rescuing hostages, they swap stories of artistic malaise, and muse on the seemingly inescapable grip of market economics. Cool. Also released on June 6th, it's Lonesome Lies Before Us by Don Lee, published by W.W. Norton Company. Yadin Park is a talented alt-country musician whose career has floundered, doomed first by his lack of stage presence and then by his progressive hearing disorder. He now works for his girlfriend's father's carpet laying company in California, when Yadin's former lover and musical partner, the celebrated Mallory Wicks, comes back into his life, all their most private hopes and desires are exposed. Their secret fantasies about love and success put them to the test. So like a um romantic drama? Yeah. Maybe. I don't wanna I don't wanna say Yeah, it sounds interesting. I mean, especially the the alt country musician part as as uh as a director for collaboration that really uh it speaks to me. <laughs> Next, we have So Much I Want to Tell You, Letters to My Little Sister by Anna Akana. It releases on June 13th, and it's published by Ballantine Books. In So Much I Want to Tell You, YouTube star Anna Akana opens up her opens up about her own, stu- own struggles with poor self-esteem, offers candid advice on finding love and chasing your passions, and reveals both the highs and lows of adulthood. Dedicated to her late sister and to every other girl who must learn that growing up can be hard to do, Akana's essays break things down in a way that only a big sister can. That's interesting. 
Um, I've heard Anna talk a lot about her her sister's suicide, but mostly through her stand-up. So I'm kind of interested to see um, how it looks on, like, it seems like a more um, grounded and real discussion. Yeah, I've actually read uh, Anna's, I wouldn't say unpublished, but it was, like, published through the internet. And mm-hmm. it was, uh, like, pages from her diary during her uh, during her grief of her sister uh, of losing her sister and uh, that was very like that was very interesting to read so I'm guessing that this book combines that along with like advice that she's she's gained like wisdom that she's gained from working on YouTube and her own creative yeah and I'm sure it's going to be wrapped in her trademark like dark comic sensibilities yeah she her comedy is very dark Um, next up is Saints and Misfits by S.K. Ali, releases on June 13th, published by Salam Reads. Uh, this is the, um, imprint by Simon Schuster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sophomore Jana, or Yana, or don't quote me on that, Yusuf is caught between her Muslim faith and the parts that clash with it. Her non-practicing father, her crush Jeremy, who isn't Muslim, and the pious boy from her mosque who attempts to sexually assault her at a party. Everything comes to a head when her aggressor tries to publicly shame her in the, her tight-knit Muslim community. And Jana learns what it means to be a saint, a misfit, or a monster. And next we have Raven Stratagem by Yoon Ha Lee. Uh, it also releases on June 13th, and it is published by Solaris Books. In the sequel to The Nine Fox Gambit, young Captain Kel Karras, or Sheris, is possessed by the long-dead traitor Shuas Jadao. After summoning his spirit in an attempt to stop a fresh incursion by the enemy Hoff, Hoffna. God, this is a fantasy book, so like. Hafen. 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 Now General Kelkarev's <laughs> fleet seems to be under Jadao's sway, and only one of the crew members, Lieutenant Colonel Kel Brezen, seems to be able to resist the influence of the rogue ghost. Jadao claims to be defending the Hexacarte. Hexacarte. Hexacate? <laughs> Hexacate. I don't know. Um, sorry. Let me try that again. Wait, there, there must be some sort of recording of the author like reading these. I names, know right? this is why audiobooks <laughs> are so important. Okay, Jadal <laughs> claims to be defending the Hexarchate, but can Brezen trust him? For that matter, will the Hexarchate's masters wipe out the entire fleet to destroy Jadal? So sci-fi fantasy. I'm sure for those of pe- those fans of the Nine Fox Gambit, th- I am so that sorry. Made total sense. <laughs> I apologize, but it is a sequel to Nine Fox Gambit, and I've heard great things about that book. Yeah. So check it out. So it's like a sci-fi. Is it? I can't tell if it's a, it's a space thing or it's a space a, thing. Okay. No, it's like definitely a space thing. Okay. <laughs> Next up is Want by Cindy Pond, releases on June 13th, published by Simon Pulse, set in a near future polluted Taipei. Wong follows Jason Zhao, who survives in a divided society where only the rich can buy suits, protecting them from the viruses that plague the city. With the help of his friends, Jason infiltrates the wealthy in hopes of destroying the Jin Corporation, which not only manufactures the special suits the rich rely on, but may also be manufacturing the pollution that makes them necessary. Cool. So like a um, Robin Hood? Future Taiwanese Robin Hood? Or like, I don't know. It sounds really cool, though. Yeah. And the cover looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, next is Kingsway West, Volume 1, written by Greg Pak, illustrated by Mirko Kolik and Will Quintana. Releases on June 13th and is published by Dark Horse. And the summary goes, after 13 years in prison, a Chinese gunslinger named Kingsway Law just wants to find his wife. 
But in a, in a fantastical American Old West crackling with magic, monsters, and racist vigilantes, trouble just won't leave him be. And in this case, trouble is a woman with a magic sword who needs his help. I've heard a lot about this series. I've actually haven't had a chance to take a look at it. But Greg Pak, of course, is the guy behind the um, totally awesome Hulk, which is um, Amadeus Cho. Cho's version, which is the Korean Hulk. And he's been um, really good at including Asian American um, culture and perspectives in his in those comics. This is his independent um, series that's, um, that he publishes with Dark Horse. And... Uh, I remember this when, when he was creating this, he also asked a lot of his friends to create, um, songs for the characters. So oh, cool. like, um, Go Nakamura, um, Jane Louie all have tracks that ha- are affiliated with characters in the story. So I'm actually really excited that volume one's coming out because I was eventually going to like track down all the different issues. But if it's all going to be one book, mess with it that. It's, it's like nice because it's a Western, but you have a Chinese character. Yeah. So. Hell yeah. Um, and last on our list oh sorry is this your <laughs> you can take it okay go for it <laughs> yeah. and last on our list is girl on the verge by pintip dunn releases on june 27th and it's published by kensington in her small kansas town at her predominantly white school Khan doesn't look like anyone else but at home her thai grandmother chides her for being too westernized when her mother brings home shelly a white girl in need Khan does what she can to welcome her to a small family of Thai immigrants. At first, her new housemate is eager to please, embracing the family's Thai traditions and clearly looking up to Khan. Perhaps too much. As Khan's growing discomfort compels her to investigate Shelley's past, she's shocked to find how much it intersects with her own and just how far Shelley will go to belong. Ooh. So it sounds like a thriller. It's a thriller, but like reverse kind of like um what was that matt damon movie the talent mr ripley i don't think i've ever seen but like that. with a white like small with a white girl i don't know you know what this kind of reminds me of get out like the beginning the, the first act it's just like I, we want to be you yeah <laughs> interesting it's interesting interesting yeah. i'm cool. interested <laughs> And that wraps up our uh, new releases for, for June. June. Thanks to Reba for putting that together. Thank you, Twitter. <laughs> and thank you, people who tweet out book news that I follow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on um, to new book news. Um, here are the latest headlines um, since the last month. Um, starting with uh, new Joy Luck Club news. Ellen DeGeneres is apparently developing a TV series based on Amy Tan's critically acclaimed novel, The Joy Luck Club. Producers producer sent out a casting call for a professionally diverse group of Chinese-American-born women ages 26 to 34 years old in the San Francisco area to discuss their lives as a Chinese-American female in today's society. The project will take place on June 20th in San Francisco. Um, so is this a casting call or is this just like a focus? See, group? I'm not sure because it, was, it wasn't very clear. Yeah. Like, I at first I thought, oh, they're making like, like a new Joy Luck Club movie, but I don't think that's what the project is anymore. I, I think- took a look at the casting call and seemed like um I don't know they might use the Joy Luck Club branding, but it's based on the Joy Luck Club, but it's gonna set it in the modern world. Okay. Because the Joy Luck Club took place like in the like I want to say late eighties, early nineties. Let's see. Um, I think the book was published in eighty nine, and mm. I think the movie came out in like ninety three. So, so like early nineties. Early nineties. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So it's um the Chinese American experience, Asian American experience in general since 
then has changed a lot, especially with the advent of technology, social media, Tinder, things yeah. like that. Yeah, I'm just like curious because uh, there the casting call is for people for researchers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like it's a focus group, but at the same time, I'm like, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm either way. I'm glad that they they're getting they want to find out how life is like for Chinese American professional women these days because yeah. um if anything that'll lead to more authenticity to the final product and you know Ellen DeGeneres um being a prominent LGBT person her being attached to this project um does lead to the um at least the hope that it will it will be um authentic yeah right? yeah um I think I shared on the Books and Boba's Facebook page, but it was like a it was a long feature article by BuzzFeed News. Mm. I think the writer was Susan Susan Cheng, um, but it's a very in depth look at how about the, the original jo- film about right? the original yeah. film and how it got made and how many obstacles it had to go <laughs> like had to like pass to get it made. Yeah, I mean, say what you will about the actual content of the Jola Club. Um, I'm. Uh, Obviously, it's been a long time since I've read it, but I remember not loving it. Not only as I thought I would, but I thought I should, right? Because there's always that, like, that reps what's type of uh, anxiety. But uh, I love that this is happening. Like, in the world where Fresh Out the Book can exist, the drama version of that can also exist. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, I think I totally missed the Joy Luck Club train because the book was published before I was born. Mm. And the movie came out, like... I think a couple months before I came to the United States. Yeah. So like the whole uh, Asian American experience hadn't like It's also very Chinese American. Yeah, like very like, Chinese American too. Story. So yeah. like I don't really relate. It, also like the generation's different. So yeah. it's like, oh, our struggles are totally different now. <laughs> so I wouldn't if I picked it up now and read it i'm not sure if I would be able to relate to it as Yeah, the relationships much. and the 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 relationships and the the source material is due for an up for a modern update for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully, yeah. that's what that's what this is. That's what I'm hoping it is too. I kind of want to see a documentary about how the movie got made and yeah. and like the social impact of the of the film and the book. Well, I mean, for a Asian American directed, you know, it was directed by a Chinese American dude, um, and the main cast were all Asian American women. For that movie to be made in 1993, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a story by itself. Like they should make a. I would definitely watch a documentary about that. Uh, next on our news is Simon Pulse bought Cindy Pond's sci-fi novel Ruse, which is a sequel to Want, which we um, described in our new releases section. Also, oh, they like picked it up right after. Yeah, they picked it right up, and the book is slated for a spring 2019 release. Cool. So, so you don't have to wait to very the, long to the Taiwan heist. Sci-fi Taiwan heist Taipei. movie. Taipei. Taipei. Yeah. Taipei, Taiwan. Yeah. <laughs> Same country. Um, in the three-book deal, Sky Pony acquires Sangu Magdana's A Spark of White trilogy, described as a multicultural YA space opera inspired by the Sanskrit epic The Mahabharata. The novel follows a cursed and forgotten child of an empire's queen who finds herself on the wrong side of a war that could destroy kingdoms across the galaxy. The first book is set for fall 2018. That's cool. I'm always down for more space and Asians in space. Speaking speaking of Asians in space, you heard about Cowboy Bebop, right? I did. Oh my god, no. Like, I'm actually 
I'm actually okay with it. I am not. I am so not okay with it. I mean, I think I would have been okay with it before Ghost in the Shell happened, but because Ghost That's in the true, Shell happened, Ghost, I do not trust them. I do. I, I also, like, for me, Ghost in the Shell was a problem because they tried to keep too much to the source material, which is set in Japan, is a very Japanese story. Cowboy Bebop has always been a multicultural story, I felt like. Yeah, but... It's a mix of, like, American music with, like, a cowboy in space... And bounty hunters and like, no, Spike Spiegel is like, no, that's, that could be a white dude. I mean, could, but in, in the canon, he's like part of a Chinese Hong Kong mafia triad. Triad. But like in the future, thing. I feel like in the future. Also, if they cast Faye as like a white lady, I would, I'm going to be so furious and throw a table at someone. <laughs> that's, true. I don't know. I feel like, um, I'm going to withhold judgment until I see visually how much they ruin it. But, on face value, I think Sci- I, I think Cowboy Bebop is a. I, I think I just miss having a like a space opera about rogue outlaws in space. I miss having Firefly, a Firefly series on the air, and the expanse is in hiatus until next season. So like, I need to get my. I need more. I don't know. I don't trust. I, I trust no one. Um, <laughs> Heath Hardage Lee's The League of Wives, a true story of survival and rescue from the Vietnam home front was bought by St. Martin's Press at an auction. The book follows four Vietnam-era women through their incredible transformation from conservative wives to covert spies, national lobbyists, and international human rights figures, all to save the lives of their prisoner-of-war husbands and those missing in action. A lot of Vietnam War uh, books I mean, it's, coming out. I, won't, I don't want to say trend. It's not a trend, but, but it's, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, if anything... You know, our may pick yeah. the sympathizer has proven that these stories resonate and people want to know. So, and they're like, they're, they're so relevant to today's world. <clears throat> De La Court acquired Ashok Banker's The Rise trilogy in a seven figure preempt. The series was pitched as Six of Crows meets an ember in the ashes with a cast featuring LGBTQIA people of color and differently abled protagonists. The story follows a young thief and her gang as they battle to overthrow a brutal tyrant and stay a demon invasion. The book is expected to release in fall 2018. So Ashok Banker is a very famous uh, Indian novelist. He's mm-hmm. also a screen screenwriter. And I think he's credited to uh, making like the ebook marketplace a thing in India. Okay. So he's written like a lot of books and and the most so he's famous like they're, they're indie guy. Yeah, and yeah. The, and and his like most famous series is based on Indian mythology and that's become its own genre in mm. Indian publishing. So he's a very big name over there. Yeah. So yeah, seven figure preempt. That's that's a, a pretty that's a big lot deal. of figures. I mean, is that that is that in US dollars? Yes. Nice. Get paid, dude. Sounds like he's making bank. Yeah, it like sounds his like last he's name banker. <laughs> It's um, <laughs> um. It sounds like he's making an effort to be super inclusive in his um uh, in his story, um in terms of uh, people of color, people of different g- gender orientations, and people of different ability levels, which is which is you know which is admirable. Um, I didn't understand what Six of Crows and Ember and Ashes Six mean. Six Crows but... is like a. I wouldn't even say YA because I think it's a little bit more challenging than YA, but it's it's like a fantasy 
it's a very long fantasy book. Okay. Um, but it's very good. So okay. the fact that it's been pitched as like some kind of version of that, it's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, next we have Soho Press bought world English rights to Gina Apostle's The Unintended. The book explores the lives of two women, an American filmmaker and a Filipino American translator, and how they develop competition competition narratives of a massacre that took place during the Philippine-American War, which took place between 1899 and 1902. So that is a cool. book that is that got a, picked um, up. Is that nonfiction? It does not sound like a nonfiction book. Okay. But that is that is all I got from from like from gleaning from the internet. So yeah. I mean, um, it sounds like a fiction. No- it sounds like a literary fiction novel. So. Yeah, but it's super relevant because it has to do with, um, again, like the sympathizer about how the same event can be interpreted in different ways. People want these stories, man. Um, Dutton picked up Melinda Lowe's newest YA novel, Last Night at the Telegraph Club. Set in 1950s San Francisco, the novel explores the complicated overlap between the city's Chinese American and LGBTQ communities. The book is slated for a 2019 release. Okay, so Melinda Lowe, you probably know, you've probably heard of Melinda Lowe. She's kind of like a big deal in. I've never heard of her. Uh, she wrote, she wrote Ash, which is a retelling of uh, Cinderella, and it's with a les- lesbian pairing. Okay. She's been a strong advocate for, uh, for uh, LGBTQIA characters in in literature, and also. Uh, diversity in literature. I think she is the, I think she's the co-founder of diversity in YA. Okay. So, um, yeah, she's, she's been at this for a very long time and she's written a lot of books. That's so. cool. I love this time period because it's more like a lot of like noir, hard boiled noir, like detective fiction is set. And the name lends itself to that, but I'm not sure if that's what it is. But um, yeah, sounds interesting. Yeah, I love me some 1950s noir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next we have Erin Entrada Kelly sold two books to Green Willow Books. The first is Kelly's debut fantasy novel, The Girl with Golden Feet, which is inspired by Filipino folklore and is about a 12-year-old girl who must fight unavenged spirits, shark-finned mermaids, hills made of horns, and a vicious bird woman with only a single bag of salt as a weapon. The second book is an untitled historical novel based on the 1986 Challenger disaster. Mm. And the books will be published in spring 2019 and spring 2020, respectively. Nice. Congrats to Aaron. Um, that's awesome. Last up is Audible announced that it will create a $5 million fund to commission one or two person audio plays from emerging playwrights. Grant recipients will be recommended by an advisory board made up of theater industry insiders, including award-winning playwright Lynn Nottage, Tom Stoppard, and David Henry Huang. So this is pretty cool because uh, we are seeing literature in, in like a new form, I guess. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like audiobooks has always been a thing, but to have like audio plays, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's going back to, like, the radio plays back in, like... Which is something that it's always, like, whenever I go to readings, I'm like, they can, like, record this, and it can be, like, a radio play or, like, a podcast or something. Like, I always go to podcasts because that's that's where my brain lives. But um, I know in theater, it's it's all about rights 
um, of all the works and stuff. So it gets complicated there. But that's really cool that Audible is um, exploring it. Yeah, and it's great that they're actually giving writers money. <laughs> so, yeah. Like I like I always like the That's fact the that like key, big yeah. companies give artists money to actually make things instead yeah. of being like make us things and we will pay you money afterward. I mean it's going back to the whole like patron system of like the Renaissance, right? Like, you yeah. know, painters and artists back then were able to paint for a living because they had rich dudes saying, Here's like a gajillion dollars make me art for my gallery or for my home. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that there's a grant for the arts during this dark timeline. For now. For now. We'll see about the budget. Um, I didn't write <laughs> this. I didn't include this in, in our notes. But did you hear that George R.R. R. Martin is writing five spinoff shows to Game of, Game of Thrones? I heard there were going to be five spinoff shows. Yeah, it's five spinoff shows. And they're all prequels, I think. What I feel like he should finish what he started first yeah a lot of a lot of his fans are complaining that yeah because it's been a long hiatus since since the last book well i mean even the show has kind of gone off on its own and like the i feel the longer they he allows that to happen the more the show's canon will become everyone's head canon yeah i mean the show changed a lot of things from the original uh original storyline and i don't know like I mean, I'm a writer too, so I, I get it. Like, I think he should just take all the time he needs to finish his, his book. If that means like working on other things to help him like get through this like period where he needs to finish this book. I um, guess. I feel like why not just do something original? Like, he's obviously super creative. He can create like political dramas in his head. Like, um, I heard that the showrunners of Game of Thrones, like their next project is a, version of the Wuzetian um, legend, which is um, one of China's only, well, no, one, not one of their only female emperors, but one of the only ones that started her own dynasty. Oh, and um, yeah, I think I've heard about this. Yeah. yeah. Very popular soap opera series in China. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's actually how um, Fan Bingbing became famous, um, the most famous Chinese actress. It's... I just thought that was interesting. I mean, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Game of Thrones fan, both book and... Uh... And show wise, but I'm excited because the show's coming back. But I don't know if I'll watch the prequel spinoffs because I really don't like prequels. I abhor them so much. We don't. We have, we don't have time to get into Game of Thrones. No. Talk on this podcast, but if you do want to talk about it, you can start a uh, forum thread on our Goodreads forum or uh, at Rira on Twitter at Rira Boo, and uh, she'll be happy to debate you for hours. No, not ours. <laughs> I don't love uh, Game of Thrones that much. But um, And on that note, uh, thanks for listening to this um, new annual release episode of Books and Boba. Uh, we'll be back again later this month, hopefully with um, some author interviews. And don't forget to check back at the end of the month for our book club discussion on our June pick, which is None of the Above by A.W. Gregorio. Uh, thanks for listening, uh, and uh, we'll see you next time. And this episode of Books and Boba was hosted by Marvin Yue and Rira Yu and edited by Marvin Yue. Don't forget you can purchase your monthly Books and Boba book pick as well as other books mentioned on the podcast by going to the Books and Boba bookstore at bit.ly slash boba books. Books and Boba is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian American community. 
At the potluck, you can find other great programs such as Good Muslim, Bad Muslim. Post Taz Ahmed and Zara Nurbash define what it means to be a good and bad American Muslim and poke fun at both sides of the margin. Check out Good Muslim, Bad Muslim and the other great programs of the Potluck Podcast Collective by going to www.podcastpotluck.com. <laughs>